0: Sometimes you gotta go back, to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for, to answer your questions as your dental business mentor.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin. I'm here with Dr. Paul Etchison. What is happening, Paul? Yo! What's up? Paul's full of energy, man, because he's, uh, where are you headed? Aren't you going on vacation somewhere?
0: Tomorrow I'm going to my daughter's state cheer competition, which I am excited about this. People are like, eh, cheer. I know, that's got to suck. No, it's pretty cool. I mean, you're there all day, and it's like an hour and a half away, but we're doing that, and then we're going to the Bahamas. Nice. By the time this airs, I will be back from the Bahamas. This is another vacation for me that I was like, I'm getting my six pack before we go on this vacation. I didn't do it. You know, we talked about that last episode. I'm hoping that when I take my shirt off at the pool, people aren't too disgusted with my lack of a six pack, but I hope I give them some nice little dad bod candy that they can look at and smile about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it, it it'll all be all right. You know, you get a, get a little bit of a tan. Things, you know, the veins start popping a little bit more. Yeah, you'll be all right.
0: Yeah, you know, what, I, I'm reading this book right now called The Untethered Soul. Have you ever read this? No. Okay. It is. It's about consciousness and your know, the thoughts in your head. And sometimes when me and you do these, sometimes I just say what I'm thinking. Yeah. And in this book, it talks about if you had like if you had a person that you hung out with that just said whatever they were thinking the whole time. Like, you would be like, get me the hell away from this psychopath. Like, if you had a voice in your head and it was like your friend, you wouldn't even want to spend any time with it. But yeah, we're stuck to force to spend time with our heads all the time. Like, but sometimes I'm just like rambling and I'm like, what the hell am I saying? But you know, whatever. It's just, it's what's in my brain. So let's talk about a topic. And this is going to be a good one. It's probably going to be really good, like all of them are how to create leads and hold them accountable. Because it's not just about creating the leads, it's about holding people accountable. So how do we create leads and uh, hold them accountable? And I guess like a good question would be, when do we need to even create leads at like what team size? Because I don't even think you you need leads until you reach a certain size, but I think everybody needs one leader, you know, at least one person that's a leader. If you have a smaller team, but I'm just going to pass the mic to you, JB.
1: You know, it just depends on the system people operate in their practice. You know, there's people, I think this EOS system traction has has gained a lot of popularity. So people talk about visionaries and implementers and, and leads, etc. My take on it is, again, like you said, Paul, it depends on the size of your practice. But assuming you have a couple of front-end team members and somebody who's currently in an office management type role, that would be your lead. Right. And you know, provided you have six to eight clinical team members, you may have somebody who on a part-time basis is also operating as the de facto lead. If you have enough for one person there to actually create a create a position, that's wonderful. But most practices aren't at that size. So what do the leads do? What's what's their purpose? Well, the majority of the time, they're performing the functions of their counterparts in those particular roles, right? They're either an RDA or a hygienist, or they're an administrator up front or slash manager, right? And if you can keep them full time as a lead, then generally they are working on management type tasks. I'm going to focus on the middle ground because I don't think there's a lot of practices that that I see that are doing a you know million and a half, million eight, two million where they have you know a full time office manager just doing management related work. They're oftentimes answering the phone. They're doing some accounts receivable stuff. They're doing uh, accounts payable and dealing with the vendors, etc. So my take on it is you if you have more than a few team members up front and your practice you know you find yourself being pulled into a number of conversations with team members about front end related work they need help they need support generally they need somebody up there that's more accountable or somebody who can hold them accountable. So think of your lead as your manager. This person should be responsible for structuring meetings, they should be responsible for training of their team, recruiting new team members. They should be responsible for perhaps even your AR component, depending on the size of your practice. So I don't think folks should get hung up so much on the particular role because when we create these roles, Paul, for example, if I go into a client and this client has a practice that's doing a million you know, dollars a year and we kind of dig into the, the resources they have and what they can afford to do, oftentimes we're like, you don't need anybody else. I think you just need to get more efficient what you're doing now, right? We see clients on the other end of the spectrum, as well, But for the most part, it's not a cookie cutter solution, right? It's not a cookie cutter solution. In terms of the roles that these individuals would play, you sort of have to take a look at, well, in my practice today, what is overwhelming my current front end team members, right? What, what are the tasks they're not able to get to that are typical functions of a receptionist because they're being pulled in different directions? You know, you can start creating a list that will allow you to, to pick and choose the, the nature of that role so we won't get into the granular nature of it. But once you have found a lead, here's the important components of it. One, there should be a clear job description for them. Two, they should have clear rules and responsibilities. Three, there should be consistent meetings between you and your leads in order to understand and keep a pulse on the practice. And here's probably a big one that I have found. We don't have the time To meet with our leads on a regular basis. And, And that happens to us even now, even with systems in place, even with great team members, you run into these issues all the time. So I've been recommending that a lot more docs work with coaches so that you can have somebody externally training and leveling up your team member. So if you have somebody you want to be an exceptional lead, don't take that stress on yourself pay for it, delegate it. We do it all the time. You know, even at this point, I have my own coaching company. I have the answers to a lot of the things that I know that would help our leads. But we go out and we find folks, you know, we find, we've we've got two great ladies right now who are doing an incredible job helping our team out. We pay them on an hourly basis. They help our team members understand how they can perform better in that particular role, whether they're a regional manager, whether they're a lead, whatever they may be, maybe revenue cycle management. But the bottom line is, I would, I would let somebody else level them up. I would let somebody else train them up and then just keep a good relationship with that individual.
0: Is that something that you're offering now? Are you, are you guys doing that yet with your coaching?
1: Uh, yeah, we do. So we offer that. But to be honest with you, we, we, we don't do that separately from our coaching package because training people's teams is complicated Mm -hmm. and you need the doctor involved and you need other pieces that move with that. So technically we could go in, train someone's front end team, leave there after a couple of days and be done. You know, there's a lot of folks out there who charge 10 or 15 or $20,000 just to go do that for a practice, right? They'll bring two or three ladies in, they come in. We've paid to have that happen. I won't use any names, but we've paid to have folks come in and do that for us, you know, within the last couple of years there's high enthusiasm there. They 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 give you the reports, but at the end of the day, who's left with the ongoing management of those team members to ensure that the knowledge they've attained is being executed, the right? accountability, yeah. 100%. There's an accountability piece. You need somebody there. And so that's why it doesn't work for us just to fly in, fly out, right? They might do it for a couple of weeks, but it it doesn't work. So we build it into a a more comprehensive coaching program. And that program is over 12 months. It's focused on dealing with the doctor. And we'll assign a team member who's competent in that area to the lead or the manager, whoever that doctor's go to team member in the practice may be.
0: Well, since we're talking about it, like we might as well plug, like, how, where do they find out their high performance practice? Where's Where's it? Where do they go?
1: Uh, highperformancepractice.com. You can hit up highperformancepractice.com. And, you know, if you're interested in that, connect with us, email us, and get on a call with you. And um, one thing I will tell you, and Paul knows this because we've known each other for a while is we always pick and choose who we bring in into HPP because part of it is, I think there's a lot of coaches out there that will, will bring you on as a client and then they run out of things to teach you about three months in. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I've been in that position myself and I have to be honest with you. I say, look, this, so I'm very specific with who I, I, I like to fish and dig deep to, to figure out what the problems actually are. And if we feel like we can add a minimum of 250 K revenue to somebody's practice, then we'll bring them on as a client. If I don't see a clear path to that, whether that, that sometimes that's the person themselves. (laughs) Sometimes that's, uh, some of the information we've discovered through digging through P and L's or digging through certain metrics in their practice or just overall having a conversation with them. But it's important to make sure that we can add value, but yeah, hit us up if you want to, if you want to learn more about it.
0: Nice. And and I will vouch for Justin. Like Justin is has been a coach of mine, like never a paid coach, but he's somebody who listens to my problems and gives me very good insight. I don't know if I ever return that favor to you, but I I would just tell you that Justin is a great listener and has great insight. But I, I got a minute and a half to talk about our topic. That was but you know what? I'm gonna go real fast. I'm just gonna add a few things about the lead stuff, is that I think when you have someone in a leadership role, you need to schedule some admin time from them. There's gonna be scheduled time that they can work on the things. So if you got a hygiene lead, an assistant lead that's doing clinical, they need scheduled time. If you've got a front desk lead, they need scheduled uninterrupted time as well. You need to schedule this because they need time to work on these things. It can't be like, hey, this is the big goal. I want you to implement this. I want you to work on this. When you get in time in between the stuff you're doing, because it's just not going to happen, schedule the time. And then the other thing I would say as far as accountability with the leadership in your practice is just being clear on, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want you to do. And it's an evolution. You don't have to have all the answers when you, when you do this. You just continue to give somebody more responsibility. They will continue to impress you or not impress you. And they will continue to build your trust or break your trust. And you know who these people are in your practice and you know these people that you can rely on. So I think if you're small, most people have smaller practices, you maybe don't, you don't need a ton of leads, but you need someone else that you need to give responsibilities to other people, even if they're not in a leadership role. Give them the responsibility. Like, hey, you know, when we have an equipment breakdown, this is the person that takes care of it. If you have a problem with the computer, don't tell that the the person. I always say, restart the freaking computer first. That's the first thing. You just do that, but then call the IT company. You know, don't go to like the your your manager and go, oh, the computers aren't working. Like, take care of it. So start empowering people to get things done. Yeah, and I I think that's we're right at twelve minutes. I'm just going to end on that. DentalBusinessMentor.com. Check it out and check out HighPerformancePractice.com. Justin's got great stuff, great material. I know he loves doing coaching. I also like doing coaching, but not as much as this guy. I have a limited amount of clients. Like Justin like really loves it, and I, I know some people that have worked with him, and they have all been very happy. So check
1: out his coaching program, and we will talk to you next time.